Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Welcome back to another episode of Business and Chai. This is Anita, the director of product here at Biscuit and Chai. This is Urjan, CEO and head developer. This is Gaurav, the vivacious youth that's bringing this company to new heights. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing business failures. Which is a very yeah. positive topic to go over at the beginning of a new year, right? Happy New Year, new <laughs> beginnings. Yeah. No, no, no. The business failures are actually a positive episode, right? Mm. Because no, there's a true. lot of things you learn from business failures. Yep. And I think it's important. And instead of looking at it in a negative light, it's definitely learning experiences on how to move forward and make 2020 successful that's and a growing sure. you know growing from what you've done in the past yeah, it's definitely important to learn right look at yeah. hindsight hindsight yeah. 2020 yeah no, oh no? and then no. um you know as far <laughs> as like as far as business goes i think failure comes hand in hand with it even if it's not your entire business you're going to have ups and downs you're going to have wins you're going to have losses and that's just part of the game so i think business failures are definitely fun to discuss and you know <laughs> fun, fun, is fun because of like word. fun because you know you learn a lot from yeah, it yeah no so that is true that yeah. is true. part of the journey yeah um but just to get started uh i i, I know i have uh, business failures that I can discuss. Yeah, and I know I learned a lot from <laughs> the business failures that I've seen. For sure, and I know through. I know Gaurav, you have your stories that you, yeah. you have to share too. The biggest failure I've experienced is the Business and Jai podcast, guys. We're really we're in crushing debt right oh, now. Boy. We're really trying. We're trying to get this to <laughs> launch. We're trying to hit off, but we have no sponsors we have no money coming in oh, i tried to ask anita to pay me yesterday and i almost died you get it's... paid shut up just to get started now before we derail off track um I, I i would like to discuss i think my biggest business failure which was about like 11 or 12 years ago when i started cgp clothing mm. which was or, or Club Ground and Pound, which was a mixed martial arts casual apparel brand. Yep. And I think that has probably got to be one of my biggest business failures. But boy, did I learn a lot from it. Mm -hmm. And I definitely knew not to repeat the same mistakes when I went forward and started working throughout my career and also working here at Biscuit and Chai for that. Mm. So it was definitely a lot of lessons learned. Yeah, and I know I definitely I took a lot from, you know, seeing you run that business and how you just interacted with vendors and, you know, kind of like the steps you took. And I think I, I, I was able to use a lot of that into what we do at Biscuit and Chai. So it was definitely a good, a great learning experience yeah. for me too, actually. That's kind of how it always is in our lives because Anita's older than us. Yeah. So me and Urjan just get to watch her make all the mistakes. We just, we just ride the wave. Yeah, we just, we like... just breeze through. <laughs> she clears the wave and then we sprint through. Um. So I think one of the biggest mistakes that I've made and that I've made sure not to apply that mistake moving forward to any of my businesses was I, I invested a lot in bells and whistles mm. when it came to a business. Yeah. And that sounds very generic, but, you know, I thought that in order to be a legitimate business, you had to invest in a lot of things that you needed to look like a business. For example... Like I needed a, an insane amount of inventory. So it looks like we had a lot of shirts, but mm -hmm. you know, instead of measuring demand and then 
you know, selecting inventory or at least getting like a sign up of people interested. I just went right for it and ordered a ton of inventory. <laughs> yeah, we have a storage room filled with shirts that were made about 14 years ago. <laughs> I, I just said 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, we do. Actually, we have a lot of CGP clothing left over. If you would like a free shirt or hat, which are in great condition, great condition. by the way. Great condition. Part of the bells and whistle was yeah. actually made really on them top quality, quality products. Quality products. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, send us a DM on biscuit and chai and we'll send you a free gift that's at biscuit.chai yes on instagram at biscuit.chai aren't aren't some of those shirts kind of inappropriate what if like (laughs) a child is getting a shirt and then we send them use protection they're gonna be like what is this yeah but it has headgear on it which was you know to protect your ears from round combat you you, you protect your head with headgear yes um that was actually that was actually a really good design it said use protection and the headgear was like the o i think oh yeah yeah i was about 12 when i saw it so i was like oh hey this is cool and i would wear it in public and yeah. I had no idea what it was. I knew what it was. It was in high school and I had I, I loved wearing it. It was just fun. I <laughs> believe we also have hats that still have that on it. So yeah, yeah. if anyone wants, like I said, I am more than happy to send out some free gifts. All right, guys, we're not we have our first sponsor, CGP <laughs> clothing. <laughs> Rising from the ashes. <laughs> This is how it's done. Um, But yeah, I definitely made, you know, a lot of mistakes. Obviously did not think about inventory. Um, I also, I think one of the biggest mistakes was I signed a deal with the devil when I got a credit card machine Mm. when there was no need to have a credit card machine. Just to make sure people like realize because now it's so easy to make credit card transactions this was like before it was easy to do that like before striper paypal credit card transaction for venmo yeah this was like close to the second iphone or third iphone so smartphones were like just starting out wow i feel old (laughs) i i mean yes those resources were not available so if you wanted to accept credit card payments Technically, yes, you had to sign a lease and get that machine, yeah. um, that portable and, and, machine to yeah, go like with the, you. The bulky ones you see at like stores, right? Right, right. And I just remember I was at the bank because I was just like straightening out my account. And, you know, they were just like, oh, well, you run a business. Would you be interested in a credit card machine? And just like, so you know, they're never looking out for you, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because, because there's no way they didn't see the business account and go, this company is not big enough to have the means or the need for a credit card machine right now. Like they could see the activity, but Mm. you know, they don't care. Mm. They just want you to sign you into a deal. And that lease is pretty much unbreakable. Mm. So, you know, that was definitely a mistake, like doing your research. And, and I thought you needed one because back then, you know, because it was like a mixed martial arts apparel company, I would go to a lot of fights that we, you know, the company would sponsor and, you know, I'd get like my friends, I'd have people kind of volunteer to put on the shirt and be like my group to sell or urgent remembers this. There would be like 10 of us and we'd all have like CGP gear on and we'd actually do pretty decent in sales at these events. Especially because the the clothing itself was different for like MMA clothing. It was definitely different than the other vendors there. So we actually did pretty good in sales. It's not that it wasn't selling. Did the credit card machine actually help your sales a decent amount? Not at all. If (laughs) anything... The cost of the machine itself <laughs> definitely did not even help me break even right, at that point. Right, it was, right. and, and the reason I thought I needed it is because a lot of the times people are like, oh, I don't have cash on me. Like, do you accept card? And I'm like, oh, I definitely need to get a credit card machine. And what I didn't fail, like, or what I failed to calculate was, 
you know, because a, a lot of people, they'd also make the comments that, oh, but you're a business. Why don't you have a credit card machine? Mm. And so I think as an entrepreneur, when this is like your first business and you're not sure what you're doing, you get influenced a lot by what you're hearing from your customers too. And so mm. you think, oh, they're not going to take me seriously if I don't have things that are perceived as what makes a business legitimate. Yeah. And so that's what I thought I had to do, which was, you know, a huge mistake. And so I got a machine without thinking about, yeah, but, you know, it has to pay for itself. It has to make sense with my costs on like what I'm actually making in profit as well, which I didn't bother doing. So if you're at home taking notes, I guess lesson one is don't get clouded by the bells and whistles. <laughs> yes. Do your research first and don't get things just to seem legit, just for that's your for sure. ego. I feel like that's a problem with a lot of first-time entrepreneurs though. Like they, they want, it's exciting to start a business and exciting to like, you know, be like, yeah, I, I run this company, but it's really easy to get caught up in wanting to show that off. Right. right. Like, it, it makes you feel more successful at an early point than you are. And it's it kind of gets clouds your judgment. No. Right. I know there's mm -hmm. like this like fake it till you make it type of attitude sometimes. But do your thing, you know, like focus on your business and on growing it. Don't worry yeah. about what everyone else is saying. Focus on your product and what everyone is saying about the product, like yeah. what your actual customers are saying about right. it. Don't worry about how. The business itself looks, you know, don't worry about what your family and friends are thinking with how it's set up. And if you explain why you're set up the way you're set up, people will get it. Like everyone knows what it means to save money now. And like if there's an unnecessary cost, how to stay away from it. So definitely, you know, don't worry about looking like your legitimate business. Let your product and your service do the talking for you. You also got lucky because you didn't get yourself a storefront like i feel like you were close to getting mm. a storefront but you didn't weren't you also almost gonna get an office oh my god biggest uh, like like I, I feel like that was like the last mistake i could have possibly made <laughs> which was which was getting close i remember i was at a printer shop um i was trying to like negotiate printing fees for the shirts and the guy goes oh you know we we're actually giving up this lease we want to move into a different space would you be interested in taking this over and, and they were basically just trying to get someone to take over the lease, right? right? But they were like, oh, but if you want to be a legitimate company, you need a store. How are you going to sell your products? And I'm like, online. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to sell it like how everything is being sold right now online. And, you know, they were just making a case for why you need a store. It'll make you feel mm -hmm. more legitimate. But at the end of the day, that's where I realized, no, because even then the brick and mortar trend was dying. Like everyone knew everything was switching online. It wasn't that long ago even that, you know, the market hadn't changed. So definitely. And, and that's something we've applied to our business yeah. now. And it's not only about the brick and mortar stores. It's just offices in general, I feel like. Like now, now we have like WeWork, which is another story that's but amazing. we have like all these co-working spaces right and all these different places where you could just rent out for maybe an hour or rent out for even a month if you need to but also like the field I, I i don't even think it's just tech i think in every business the conventional office space is changing yeah, yeah. so people don't want to sit uh, you know at a cubicle or a desk for like eight hours in a day they want to move around and so you know, even when you see that, when you see the trends changing, if you can eliminate an unnecessary overhead cost of rent or office space, then do it. Especially because rent could be a very, very high cost. Yeah. And if it's not necessary, if you see it's not adding to the productivity of your employees or if your company as a whole, then eliminate it. You know, like like I said, make sure like your product and your brand and whatever service it is, is strong enough it's not going to be a problem. There's there's so many resources available now to like optimize on not having to pay 
overhead costs. I, I do understand the, necessar- the necessity of offices, though, for like some startups, right? Because I do get it's easier to kind of manage a team when you're all together in one yeah. spot. But I feel like that's generally for larger teams, right? Like, mm-hmm. No, and, and there are like some industries where having everyone together. and But it's not like we don't do team meetings, no, right? Right, yeah. right, right? Right, right. We, we just happen to do them at like our local cafes or we'll all meet like, you know, for lunch or for dinner, discuss it then. And there's, like I said, there's just so much available space now where you can do that without having to pay the rent for it. Right. So it's like, why not? If there's, it's, and I think that's something that I definitely learned learned is stay lean with your business mm, yeah. as much as you can until like you need the nest like you know you need the actual cost that you're, you're accumulating and wait for your like business to grow to that stage for where you go all right i need this now and i think I'll, i see a lot of startups especially past like startups that i've worked for and even medium-sized businesses that i've worked for before biscuit and chai started i noticed that there's a lot of unnecessary costs just just to show off, you know, the company is doing well, which was like my last job had like a spin studio, which mm-hmm. no one used right. ever, like ever. So to the point where like they were like trying to force people to go to spin class. Yeah. And it was it's just like, like I, 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 things like adding spin studios or like pool tables or ping pong tables to office spaces. I, I prefer just paying your employees more, you know, <laughs> or like yeah. it, it'll be uh, like, yeah, you do that to make your employee happy and create a mm-hmm. workspace that's kind of comfortable for them. But at the yeah. same time, if you add a bonus to their like paycheck once every yeah. like, even if you do it once every year, once every six months with that money you spend on those like bells and whistles, if you would call them, then you would have a better operation no yeah like even adding like napping pods no one uses no one naps at work like that like we're just crapping on all these startups (laughs) that have all these things you can can add anything you want to help your employees environment but you need to understand at the end of the day that you are the main factor creating their environment yeah right yeah definitely like like even without the bells and whistles like your the in, like the culture that you're setting up mm. um, is important too. And like the work ethic and the team that you're putting together is very important. Like the people that you've decided to work with you, you have to make sure that's very important. If you don't have the right team, things can go very wrong. Like that's, that's another thing on business failures. Like a good portion of businesses fail because they don't have the right team. Yeah, yeah. especially because essentially... You're either working with people you haven't worked with before or like strangers, right? Like it's people mm-hmm. you meet up to kind of join forces with to try to run a business or it's people you know, but you never went into business with before. And so it's hard to kind of distinguish. Yeah, I might have a good relationship with this person as a friend or whatever, but it might not work out as well when it comes to an actual business. Where That's I'm- for sure. That's almost exactly what happened to me in college. We, me and a few friends found... Um, a few good ideas and we decided to start a business on it and that we had everything set up and then it immediately crashed down Mm -hmm. because I think 30% of it was we could not communicate Mm -hmm. and the other 70% is we found the wrong people because our focuses were way too hell-bent on finding the smartest most talented people and not the people we would work the best with yeah definitely don't don't worry about the talent being at a hundred percent because just because talent is a hundred percent, if they're not creating a collaborative environment, your productivity is going to stay low no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, Mm -hmm. there has to be synergy between teams, between team members. 
So I think that's definitely important too, is to make sure that, yes, you want someone that knows what they're doing. You want a fair amount of talent, but don't also just prioritize talent over character and personality and teamwork. You know, those Mm. are very important things too, because that ultimately does lead to the success or failure of a business. Mm -hmm. I've had that happen to me too, actually, Mm -hmm. where I tried to open up a few business ideas with my friends. These were friends from high school, right? So these are still some of my best friends, Mm -hmm. but we don't see eye to eye necessarily on how to run a business, right? So we have very... Mm differentiating opinions mm-hmm. on kind of execution and i must say so to myself i i would prioritize biscuit and chai over other stuff also yeah. and you know they would prioritize what they're doing over stuff also and mm-hmm. we wanted these things to work out yeah. like we definitely did it's just timing has a lot to do with it like we know we could do great together but yeah you know a lot of like clashing opinions of how we should go about things yeah sorry to show through yeah everyone has their own vision for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. and if you don't have one leader, then I think that can get tough. But mm-hmm. if you do have one leader, mm-hmm. then that could also get very, very <laughs> tough. Because I know how it was for me. Our We had our one leader and he was just this type to have a huge vision. And I think the most important thing to keep in mind was that there are a lot of people who are who have these goggles on and can only see their end goal. Right. And the way it was for Anita, Club Ground and Pound was her passion project. Yeah, like yeah. she really wanted that to work because you guys were really into MMA back then, right? Yeah, yeah. I trained for like seven <laughs> to eight years on that. I have my one gold trophy that I got at my <laughs> tournament and then I retired because I wanted to end my career on a high. <laughs> I was like, this is it. This is done. And cutting weight was torture. Um, but yes, so... It was definitely something I was passionate about. That's why I had started it. And that's why I think I was so easily influenced because I wanted it to work out really badly. Like I remember I would be working at like a fight that I was sponsoring till like 3 a.m. I'd go to sit in a diner for two hours and then head out to class, you know, when I was doing my master's at the same time. So yeah, it was something that I really wanted to do. So the hustle was there, but I did make a lot of mistakes. No eat, no sleep. (laughs) <laughs> all hustle <laughs> which i want to talk about too by the way because if there's one thing i definitely learned from seeing anita doing it's it's exactly that right it's her working on club ground and pound on all her free time and then like she said staying up like all night at the diner studying for her <laughs> tests afterwards which is great but at the same time i feel like hustle culture is definitely a problem for a lot of us right for a lot of yes I, I think that's actually contributed to my failure because I thought if I wasn't working all the time, mm-hmm. um, then I wasn't working hard enough. And so that's another, like the business wasn't going to succeed if I wasn't on 24-7. I feel like that's also a trap of the bells and whistles because you want yes. people to look at you and be like, oh yeah, no, she's working so hard. She's doing mm-hmm. all this. Yes. But it's not a, like you could work hard, but yeah. you don't have to work 24 hours in a day. It's important to take that rest, to take a moment for yourself, to kind of just like. Also, it's internal for a lot of people too, because you feel like you're not working hard enough right. if you're not doing things nonstop, but you need to realize that the end product of your brain, which would be good ideas, cannot come into fruition if you don't take care of what's carrying your brain around. That is for sure. Yeah, mental and physical health is really, really important. And I remember I was very sleep deprived. And so Mm. 
eventually that catches up to you and that affects your productivity and you don't realize it. Like the ideas, maybe I wouldn't have made the decisions I made had I been in a better state of mind right. and clarity. <laughs> you know, maybe I wouldn't have like a thousand shirts sitting in the storage unit right now and a bunch of like snapback hats. Um, so that had I just gotten some sleep and realized, don't do this. Right, because yeah. it's important to just work smarter, right? Like mm-hmm. people say work smarter, not harder, but it's, it's true. Yeah. And, you know, it's important to realize that you even though you have like this dream of you know making sure your business makes it like the journey has to be important there's at the expense of yourself and your health then what's the point of having a successful business because then you don't have a successful body and mind and so that has to all come together and that's something that you have to focus on also so i think for me like my big biggest takeaway was stay away from bells and whistles and that sounds so generic but like i said it comes with like don't worry about how you're being perceived how like the condition or the location of your business is being perceived i I mean these things do matter in some sense like location for restaurants for example like but what i mean is like don't worry too much about you know how it looks outwardly to people like focus on the business itself and how the business and the branding and the mission statement is resonating and you will all automatically be on track. And if it doesn't yeah. work, then you re-strategize mm-hmm. because that's part mm-hmm. of the failures in a business. You're learning from it. You know what to do moving forward. And so business failures are actually great. And I think there's like this statistic. I don't know where it came from. I hear it all the time. Everyone quotes it. But I think it's like 98% of businesses fail. So, you know, that, that's it's completely normal uh, for that to happen. And I think mistakes are meant to happen. You know how to fix them moving forward. And so business failure is actually a good thing. Like that's how you, failures in life in general are a good thing because that's how you learn. We've gone down a very philosophical rabbit hole right now, <laughs> now really quickly, but yes, they are important. I, I And again, I've learned so much just seeing things you've done. And it's not only the failures, right? Because every failed businesses, they, they have their successes too, right? You have your yeah. places where you actually won some. And probably like the one thing I've probably caught on to the most seeing Anita is how she dealt with vendors and how she dealt with kind of building partnerships with other people to get her products out there, yeah. which which is probably the one biggest takeaway I took away when I started Biscuit and Jai. It's really focusing and honing in on those partnerships and making sure that, you know, your business will grow if the people you're working with, whether they're clients, business partners, yeah. or employees, right? Biscuit Whatever and chai, it is. You know, we're the biscuit to your chai, the perfect <laughs> exactly. partners. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And that's where it came from. Again, back to naming your business. I got another idea. <laughs> but yes, definitely. I think um, I've learned a lot. I have been applying it to like our business now. And I think it's so much better for it. And I'm actually thankful in the moment. It doesn't feel that great. And then when, yeah. when you finally come to terms with, oh, my God, I failed, it does not feel good. Right. But now, like, you know, 10 years ahead, when I look back and I'm like, I know what I'm doing right now because I've already learned from what not to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. you just have to go through that. So I'm, I'm grateful I went through it. Not grateful for, like, the money lost. <laughs> <laughs> necessarily. That's always a rough one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a rough, rough one. Yeah. Um, but it's a great it's it was a great learning experience and so you know those are just some of the business failures i'm just sharing so hopefully someone else doesn't make those same mistakes and at the end of the day even if you do you know that's going to be your learning experience just figure out how to course correct when you're moving forward so if you're gonna summarize everything into bullet points i guess you could say number one avoid the bells and whistles 
Number two, you guys can help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> because you forgot number two. <laughs> I, was listen- I, was, I was listening. <laughs> All right, number one, avoid bells and whistles. Sure. Um, stay lean as a business. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't important. worry about you know unnecessary costs. Don't rack them up if you don't need it. If you don't need it, it's just something you want. Like Make a list of wants and needs. Right, and then stay lean with that. Number and four, treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> right. Number two. Oh, we can just jump to number four. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> no, no, no. She, we had, she, no, that no, was number one. For her, bells and whistle being lean, all that was one. That was exactly. all one. <laughs> yes, that's all one. Bells and whistle is a big category. No, <laughs> there's no. a lot that goes in it. Yes. Number two, um, be selective about your team, who you're deciding to work with. Yeah. Um, make sure there's like a good synergy between everyone. And, you know, at times that's not going to always be the case. You might not know immediately, but that's fine. Try, that's yeah, part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. Try your best, you know, pick pick the right team, pick the right people that you're collaborating with. Uh, number three, don't worry about outward appearances, about hustle culture. <laughs> like, you know, don't don't worry about whether others are perceiving you to be working hard. Don't be too hard on yourself. Make sure that you're keeping your physical and mental health in mind because that's what's going to contribute to the success of your business. Right. It's it's not worth it at the expense of yourself. Four, don't <laughs> worry too much about the end goal. Try to focus on little milestones you can make mm-hmm. and make sure you're not blinded by the life you could be living once you achieve your goals. Right. And Take a step in, by step. Yeah. Keep in mind the end goal is going to change. So... What you think your business is going, like the finish line is going to look like is going to transform as you progress as a business. And it might completely change depending on the type of response you see and your strategy is going to change. So, yes. And this circles back to going lean, right? Because you should be prepared for that change and you shouldn't like get blindsided by having to change your business. That's a big issue too. A lot of people feel like they need to stick to this plan and otherwise that's it it's over but be ready to be flexible yeah yeah your business plan does not need to be like law that's been written down and mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be 50 pages either you know it's going to constantly be changing so make sure when you're writing out a business plan if you decide to do that at all that you keep in mind that it's going to continue transforming and it's not it's not a rule book that rule book doesn't make sense it's going to change constantly yeah like so just keep that in mind and finally learn from failures right make sure that you could always look back at your failures and not necessarily look at them in a bad light like look at them as something that you improve from it's perpetual learning right so in 2020 we wish you all well, we wish you all successes. 100% success. Yes, yes. We wish you all success. She was going to say we wish you all failures. No, but. I didn't. Yeah, no, like, no, that doesn't no, sound right. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> we wish you all success, unless you're a competitive development company. <laughs> In that case, you can just give us your business. Yes, please. <laughs> um, no, but... I, I wish you learn. We wish you learning, learning yes, from failures. Learning from failures. Yeah, and that... Whatever you've learned in the past year, we hope that transforms into success this year. Yes. And number sure. seven on the bullet list, please pay your employees. I just want to eat. <laughs> I just want one meal, please, Anita. Treat yourself. <laughs> yes. Yes.